this week on Tea with Queen and Jay. You're a black feminist, but you got a whole misogynoirist at the crib drinking up all the juice in the house. How the fuck did that happen? Then black American, African-American or black. How are we defining ourselves? And does it even matter in the 2020s? It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. Yo, 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 yo. We got something in common. It's stuck in my head. Sorry. Sorry, I don't know the words. It's stuck That's in all my I know, head too. too is I don't know any of the words. All I know is that We part. got love. You got you. You got me. You got to move your head to side to side like Whitney Houston uh-huh. did all the time. That's oh. how you do that. Wow. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> I know. How are you, Jay? How are you? I'm good. I'm here, here searching my brain, trying to think of a, a happy um, Whitney Houston memory. She was happy shaking her head and like, she I was happy. Something in she was a happy black woman. Yeah, girl. she was really happy. I didn't know her. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm ruining this. I'm trying to be positive, but it, she just makes me sad, yo. Everything Why? about that makes me sad. I don't know because she's gone. Her daughter is gone. Isn't her daughter's fiance? Isn't he gone too? Mm-hmm. That's mad sad. This shit is tragic as fuck. Yeah, but like her whole story isn't sad. Right. Okay. Why are you focusing this focusing on the sad? I don't know. She gave us know. so many memes. You're <laughs> so right. many good songs. So right. many moments where it's just like, yes, this is like Carefully black girl right. in ways that no one was calling it that. They was calling it ghetto and like why is the black princess acting like that? Facts. She's like, bitch, I'm from Newark. You You're know? right. That's good stuff. That's How are stuff. you? I am I'm good. I'm doing good. Had a good weekend. Went outside a few times, which was nice. Mm. Cautiously, because we're in a pandemic. Of course, of course. With people who are also social distancing. But now it was nice to be outside. And although I do have a lover, I do miss mm. lots of masculine energy. Okay. So it was nice to be around another man. Mm. Yeah, and I felt nice. Tell us your you business. Know. Oh. Yeah. So. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you doing better? <laughs> because you went to a place when we talked about Winnie Houston. Yeah, sorry. So I obviously had a rough week. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just had a rough, I had a rough week. I had a really rough week. And it's funny because I had just started going to therapy again. And for like Mm -hmm. the past three weeks, I was like, maybe this is a weird time to go to therapy. I'm feeling good. I got it together right now. I don't need therapy. I think that's where you go. Yeah. And then I had this, this like week of like, yo, what the fuck, yo? There she is. That's what it, (laughs) that's what it was. I had a week like, oh, there you are. Ho. Like there's all the foolishness. Yeah, I think those are the there best times to are. go when you are feeling okay because it could keep mm-hmm. you true in that space. They true, could true, catch true. you like you know you're starting to do that thing. You know like whatever. Yeah, that's that's what happened. So I had a rough week and then I just projected it all onto uh, poor Whitney Houston and here we are. But but I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Glad to okay. be here. I'm happy to hear. Welcome to Tea with Queen and Jay. We are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And this is Tea with Queen and Jay. And 
If you would like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast, podcast, you can do so by using our hashtag, hashtag Tea with QJ. We love when you use it on all of the social meets. You can also use the hashtag pod and that allows other people on that hashtag to find Tea with Queen and J. We love when you use both of those hashtags. I mentioned social medias, and we want you to follow us on our social medias. We're on Instagram and Twitter at T with QJ. We are also on Tumblr and Facebook. Um, you could search for T with Queen and J there and hit that follow button. We love when you send us T mail. Send us T mail at T with Queen and J at gmail.com. You can send us questions, comments, silly things, serious things. Share your day. We do get that a lot too when people like have these experiences and they share them with us. So we love when you do that by sending us email. That's right. Every week we pour libations for the people, places, and things that are giving us black ass, black joy. We pour one out for the homies. We pour some up for the ancestors. This is where we celebrate. Queen, what are you pouring libations for this week? So I'm pouring libations for... Just a moment that happened on Twitter that led on to other social medias because, you know, Twitter starts it and then it bleeds to other places. And then the next month it gets on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. And we've moved on. And then people say Twitter's whack, but all of your content is from Twitter. But you know what? That is not (laughs) why we are here. So a user, a Twitter user by the name of Definition223, at Definition223 is their handle, decided to start a thread of Soul Train clips from the early 2000s. And he had mad clips of many, you know, people, the dances, the ones that you know, like that you're just used to seeing from when you was a kid, if you watch Soul Train. And the clips that got like the most play and kind of like tickled everybody on fucking Twitter was the clips of Shamar Moore when he hosted Soul Train. So Soul Train, (laughs) I don't, I'm not going to explain what Soul Train is. If you listen to this podcast, you know what the fuck Soul Train is. And if you don't, do your Googles because that's mm-hmm. not what we're doing here. But Shamar Moore was the host on Soul Train from 1999 to 2004. And he is not the best dancer. And that show no. is all He's about not. dancing. He did yeah. not. He don't. He he needed to be, can you teach me some moves? Like that needs to be <laughs> Shamar Moore. Because he... Has no fucking moves, like none. But that man didn't give a fuck. You was going to take these off two, three counts. You're going to take these fucked up boom cats. Mm-hmm. You're going to take this. You want to know why? Because I'm black and I'm having fun and I'm dancing. Yeah. And I don't care if I'm doing yeah. a dance from 1988 in 2001. You're going to take this shit. Like, I, looking back at those clips, I realized how much he was this confident. Like, I don't give a fuck. I look good. I'm a light-skinned, good-looking <laughs> man. And you're going to take these offbeat moves. You're going to take this shit. I remember him being a worse dancer than the clips. So like when I saw the clips, I was like, oh, okay. All right. This is not, this is not the horrific dancing I remember. So I feel I've, I, what happened was when he first started in the earliest, see, that's what mm-hmm. we you have to know when those clips are from, if they're from okay. the later time, because he was on social for a while as a host. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, he looked like bad. Mm-hmm. And then I think he started getting lessons because he started getting a little better. He started being on the beat. I think they let That's him know. That's what it looked like. I was like, this is a man who's taking dance class. I think they let him know what songs he could practice ahead of time. Like, a uh-huh. transition happened for him in there. But I'm sure that 1999 season, he was all over the place. Yeah. But what I love about those clips is that the confidence 
Like, he knew people was, people, like, come on. No black people will tell you when you can't dance. Mm-hmm. We don't let that slide. We be no. like, you can't dance. No. Don't. Hold the drinks. Hold the bags. Two-step. <laughs> 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 but, nah, he, I don't know. I just like that that user brought those clips back. Mm-hmm. And we got to, like, laugh at Shamar more yeah, about something other than those gifs. horrible cornrows from that movie he was in. I do but, like that we have other memories, other uh, memories Shemar of Shamar. Yeah, yeah and then of that. course there's people who didn't know he was the host of Soul Train. White people, because mm-hmm. they thought he was just a guy from Criminal Minds or some shit. But mm-hmm. it was. I fun. have never I watched an episode of Criminal Minds. I loved, ever. loved that show. I like really. Yes, you know I have a thing about serial killers and shit. So I'm okay. watching that, and then. When I came out, I wasn't living with my family. I was living with a boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. Then we broke up and I moved back home. And I was I started watching that. And they're like, what the hell are you always watching? Something weird. And then all of a sudden, my whole family was hooked. So now mm-hmm. we're still hooked. I actually revisited it on Netflix because it's on there. And I started watching really? it. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. They're using flip phones and shit. It's, 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 it's like funny <laughs> That's watch. funny. I just know him from being light-skinned and for being a soap opera actor. Yes. And for them braids. I remember him from Soul Train, but I really do remember. I, it must those, be the 99 season. The, yeah, well, I remember yeah. the braids. But the 99 season of Soul Train where he was a bad, bad dancer and it was just an embarrassment, you it know? Was, it was but really my mother bad. always had a vendetta against Soul Train because she was like, in LA, they're doing dances that we did two years ago and why are they on Soul Train? Yeah. I could so I never that. took Soul Train seriously. I oh. like Soul Train. It was always a sign that I slept too long and I missed all the cartoons as a kid because I would do that often. Yo, when Soul Train came on, I had been awake for hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had a full day. I was in the house, of course, but I had a full day. By the time Soul Train came on, it was like, oh, I guess like, it's oh. time to get up and go do something now. I guess I've watched I every cartoon asleep. available to men. Oh, that's funny. My mom used to let us sleep. So I, I was the one who didn't. All my other siblings would wake up, watch morning cartoons. If mm-hmm. I felt like it, I did. Most times I didn't. I was asleep. Sometimes I wake up and like Looney Tunes would be on. And that's right, right. before Soul Train would come yeah. on in New York City. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, I guess I watch Looney Tunes. Then Soul Train. <laughs> yeah, I'd be I up, like but kind of like in my bed watching TV or like on the floor, like in a, in a makeshift bed that I made on the floor in the living room. <laughs> Ooh, I'd be like, oh, this feels. This feels like a weekend. Let me get up. <laughs> Let me get up. There are cartoons to watch. Okay. Mm. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so that is my libations. Libations to like Shamar Moore. Libations to the, the person who made that thread. I appreciate that. And libations to the black joy that I brought everyone that yeah. I saw on social mm-hmm. media. So. Well, there it is. Now, you know how the saying go. Time sure does fly when you're having a funky good old time. But we got to shut this train ride down so we can refuel and come back smashing next week on these same stations. But until then, my name is Shamar Moore, and you need to tap into Shamar.com. Or better yet, you need to go see my new movie called The Brothers. It's off the chain. Trust me. And as always in parting, me and my soul train family wish you... Libations to all of those things. Jay... What is your libation? My libations this week, I have, like I said, I've been navigating a lot of stress and anxiety Mm -hmm. this week. And so I found a moment when I was eating dinner. First of all, I found a moment to eat dinner. So libations (laughs) to that. I was like, oh, dinner. 
What the hell is happening over there? So much is going on over well, there. It's a pandemic. Let me stop acting. Like yeah, and not it's a, a pandemic. Right. It's an uprising. So, it's all this stuff. Of course, so many things. Yeah. So I found time to like have dinner, get my mind a little bit clear, and I was like, let me look. I know, I know, I watched everything on Netflix that I feel like watching already, but let me see what's on here. Maybe, it's, maybe it's some stand up or something that I, I haven't watched that I want to watch or whatever. And lo and behold, something that no one else cares about. Cobra <laughs> Kai is now on Netflix. What the fuck? Okay, you mentioned that to me earlier. And uh-huh. I don't know what the fuck that is. So what it is, is the Karate Kid reboot. All right. Um, I'm going to head out. What? What? Yo, I just needed something that was like empty. Like nothing. Like there's nothing here. There's nothing here that's going to excite me. There's nothing here that's going to anger me. I'm not looking for nothing. I'm not expecting anything except mm-hmm. for probably a little bit of problematics. <laughs> and that's it. Yo, I'm going to watch these white men, these old white men revisit their youth. Do karate's with an S on the end, and that's that's what it's gonna be. So yeah, so it's the reboot of Karate Kid. It was on YouTube, like YouTube Premium or whatever. And I'm like, I'm not paying for that, so I can watch fucking Cobra Kai. But I was, I did want to watch Cobra Kai though. So that was like a reboot that happened recently. Yeah, yeah. The, they're old men. They're not old. They're they're like grown ass men no. with families. It's they're like the kids. actual they're not Karate Kids. They're right. Karate men. They're karate men. They're karate men. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so it's them two. They're rivals again, like they was back in the day. Mm-hmm. And it is a it is a empty, like fluff, just it is just a delightful, mindless time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I fucking love it. If if you got something else on your agenda to watch, go watch whatever's already on your agenda. But if you just need <laughs> something mindless, Oh my god. Then gosh. cause I try I tried to watch P Valley and I was like, I feel like I work at this strip club. Okay. I'm too invested. <laughs> it is stressing me out. We need to make the we got we, we gotta make rent and I Only just you I watch cannot. a show and you become an employee at the at the I was highly stressed <laughs> out. I was Did I'm you have, have a locker to, and all that? Like, I had a locker and everything, but what's her name was fighting with me and she didn't want me to be in the club. Oh, no. I was just stressed. No, you was too light. She was gonna fuck your ass. That might have been what it was. Yeah. I was highly stressed out. So I, <sighs> I had to watch something more mindless. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cobra Kai is on Netflix if you are having trouble and need something mindless to watch. So I want to pour libations for mindless television. Like I really, mm-hmm. really needed some yeah, more so of that. So there's two mm-hmm. seasons of that on Netflix now. And I think there's going to be another one. I think it was like picked up and there might be more seasons or whatever. Okay, okay. Also, we were both on The Grapevine on YouTube yes. this past week. So I want to support libations for everybody over at Grapevine and everybody who was on that episode. We are on the Black Vote episode talking about, quote unquote, the Black Vote, the yeah. 2020 election, Kamala Harris, and everybody's feelings surrounding all of that shit. There's a lot of misinformation on there. There is also a lot of it it was definitely checked. It's a lot of your face. I wish they could see your face right now. It's a lot of good information. There were definitely a few panelists who actually had like good facts about Kamala's record and shit like that. So I think it's an episode worth watching. So libations to the grapevine. And I want to support libations to Wait, before you before you get into this next libation you have, I want to pour libations for Jay because at the end of the grapevine panel. (laughs) My friend served, okay, because the motherfucker was on <laughs> there giving misinformation, yeah. talking about the 
voting never did anything for black people. Just like being disrespectful to to every black person who's ever stepped in a fucking poll booth or Mm -hmm. died so that they could try. Like, fuck out of here. So I want to pour libations to Jay for setting that shit shit straight because my body got tingly. Yeah, I was really angry and I hadn't planned on addressing it because I don't typically address that person on that show. Because it just is pointless. Like, I think every now and then they have a cast member on there that's a troll and that's their purpose. And there's no Mm -hmm. need for us to, like, dedicate any time. Engage that whatsoever. Uh, Somebody else could do it. It's fine. They're there. You know, they'll get their airtime or whatever. But... I don't need to engage that. But anyway, at the end of the episode, I was asked a question. And I was I was really just because I'm not engaging that person doesn't mean that I'm not like upset, disappointed, yeah, I was upset. feeling yeah. disrespected, you mm-hmm. know. And so when I was asked the question I was asked, I was just so annoyed that it came out and I didn't expect it to come out. And I'm glad that I was able to form coherent sentences because I was I really, really upset. It. I wanted to be like, that's my best friend. My best friend. <laughs> you better. Uh. <laughs> Thank you. I was upset. I was uh, like stuttering you, upset, girl. yo. So, yeah. So, um, um, again, libations to Grapevine. <laughs> Thank you for that libation. I appreciate that, Queen. Yeah, just remember, like, oh, no, you deserve. <laughs> Thank you. My last libation is to S&M in conversation. That's Smoke and Mirrors. That is a show that comes on Facebook Live and on YouTube. I'll include mm-hmm. the link to that in the show notes. Our friend of the show, Carlos Kareem Wyndham, is the host of that show. And really just, like... We just sat and talked about all kinds of shit. Yeah, I really just, again, mindless. I mean, we talked about important shit, but I like being able to show up somewhere and, like, let's just, like, shoot the shit or whatever. So that was, yeah. yeah, that was a good shoot the shit conversation and it was a good time. So I'll put the link to that in the show notes. If anybody wants to check it out, I'll put the link to the YouTube version on there, but I think Mm -hmm. you can watch it on Facebook too. If I feel spicy, then I'll put the link to both. Facebook is a hater. Okay, so I'll put the link. You can't see it. Facts. I'll put the link to the um the YouTube episode up there so you can see that. This is the portion of the show where we usually talk about how you can support Tea with Queen and J podcast. But before we do that, we want to point out that we are still fighting for black lives in the streets. There are still protesters out there and they need your support. So in the show notes of every episode, we have a link that includes bailout funds, petitions, and lists of other places where you can donate your time, support, finances too. So you can check that shit out and see what you can do with your time or your money to help protesters. So that link is always in the show notes. And once you have checked that out, once you have supported protesters, once you have donated time towards the liberation of all people and dismantling of white supremacist patriarchal capitalism... You can support Tea with Queen and Jay podcast. Queen, can you tell folks how they can support this podcast? Sure can. So there's two ways to donate to the podcast. And you can donate by going to our website, teawithqueenandjay.com. Slide down on our homepage. And there is where we have two options. Two. Our first option is our PayPal option. And that is where you could put however much you want, whenever you want to in a pot. There's no commitment there. And then we have our Patreon and our... Patreon is where we are asking for $2 a month. $2. You can give more or less. That's up to you. We're into giving you options on what you want to donate monthly. But we're asking for two. But those are the two ways that you can donate to Tea with Queen and Jay that are monetary. And we also have links to that in our show notes if you just want to just click right now and, you know, show us that Scorilla. Another way that you can help support Tea with Queen and Jay is by... 
liking this podcast and sharing this podcast on social media. Let the world know about this. Word of mouth is one of the still one of the greatest ways to spread the word. So we ask for you to do that. Tell a friend about this podcast. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcast at a Tea with Kenny J. And those are the ways that you can support Tea with Queen and Jay. That is right. If you would like to sponsor Tea with Queen and Jay podcast, if you'd like to advertise with us, if you'd like to hear your ad on Tea with Queen and Jay, email us at tea with Queen and Jay at gmail.com. If you'd like to hire us to speak at your school or organization about white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism, womanism, black feminism, black hair, or some shit you've heard us discuss on the podcast, or if you'd like us to do a virtual live show or consult you or your team, send us your T-mail at twithqueenandj at gmail.com. Uh, I was like, I don't hear the M yet. I don't hear the M yet. <laughs> Did you hear it? Did you get it at the end? Yeah, I got it. I got it. Okay. So donations, libations. But first, I want to let the listeners know that we will be dropping a Patreon episode this week. Hey. We're going to be chatting about Brianna Khan. Chadwick, a real one. Chadwick, yo, what the fuck? What? Rest in peace, King. Seriously. And we're going to talk about some of the shenanigans that Adele, you know, was posting on her gram and all of that. So check out the Patreon episode dropping this week. And thank you for everyone who listened to the last one that we dropped. Mm Y'all left lots of comments. That was really dope and fun. So continue doing that. That's right. And that episode is still up there. If you are a subscriber on Patreon, all of our Patreon episodes are up and available to you at any level of donation. So I'm going to get into our patron libations. So Rose and Lorado up their pledge. Thank you for doing that. And Cynthia also up their pledge. And Cynthia says, Queen and Jay, thank you for your clarity and in-depth explanations that face us daily. Your work is crucial, valuable, and appreciated. I especially appreciate your balance of intellectual engagement and your commitment to loving our blackness. You have my continued support. Much love from the 510. Where is the 510? I don't know. I was going to, I would read that as 510, but. I don't know. I, I don't know where that's that makes either. sense. Much love for the five one zero. That sounds more. That sounds cooler than five ten. Right. Five ten make it sound like a highway. And it's mm-hmm. say five ten. Make a left. That's what okay. it seems like. New patrons. We have MM, Jessica, S. Dot, Shaquilla, Monica, 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 Sophia, Joy, Stacy, and Stacy says greetings. I look forward to your podcast every week. Though I recall. Though I relocated from Brooklyn in 2005, my heart is still there and I can relate to the discussions. Continued blessing on your podcast, Ashe. Thanks, Stacey. Thanks, all of the new patrons. Yes. I think the 510 is Oakland. That actually makes sense because that is Makiba's area code on her phone. Okay. But I don't remember numbers. So when you say Same, 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 same. No, I feel you. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Shout outs to the 510. <laughs> <laughs> PayPal donations. The homie Alex over at Get Some Joy dropped us a donation in the PayPal, first of all. Thank you so much. And then Alex, Alex. says, which Alex's name wasn't on this, but I know that this is Alex because <laughs> what of were- this crafty ass writing. Yes. Thank you for helping make this whole ass moment in history a little less raggedy. I affirm financial and creative and sexual abundance, Ew. a shootout free life, and roller skating <laughs> poppingness and smooth ass spins for y'all. You the best. 
Thank yes. you so much, Alex. Alex. Thanks, we appreciate Alex. you. You were really you. Thank you. Robert says, thank you for inspiring me. Thank you, Robert. That's Robert from Grizzly Kiki. Thank you so hey, much. Robert. We appreciate hey, you. Yeah. And they left a heart. Can't leave out the heart. And they left a heart. And then there was another emoji that wouldn't read on my computer. But thank you. <laughs> you know, this is a brand new computadora. <laughs> but thank you so much, Robert. We appreciate you. And Melissa broke us off on the PayPal. And Melissa says, thanks for all the work you two do. Thank you so much, Melissa. Thank we appreciate you. you. Thank, thank you for that everyone. donation. Thank you to everybody who supported us this week financially and to everybody who continues to write us reviews on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to this podcast. Yo, we appreciate you. A quick announcement. We are taking the week of September 13th off for Queen's birthday. Ew, it's a national holiday. Ew. 9-13. I think that we're going to do that from now on. Take off our birthday week. That makes sense. We should. We deserve. So, happy birthday week. That's 9-13. What? We have like another show after this and then we take a break. Yeah, let me take a break. Yeah. Okay. So, we just wanted to give y'all a heads up so that you know what is good and Mm -hmm. you can schedule your podcast listening accordingly. Yes. Oh, also, this is a spot of tea episode. Oh, how could we forget that? Yeah, yeah it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Our spot of tea episodes are free format episodes that allow us to do editing a little bit quicker and helps us produce an episode once a week as a small team of motherfucking two. You probably two. don't even know the fucking difference, but it's a different kind of episode. So we just want to let y'all know like what you're doing, like what you're yeah, getting you into. Know. Like, like if you was like, in here like, like waiting for the pit and shit, it's not gonna it's happen. Like, it's not one. coming this week. If you was like, that's... well, we just pay black women, but we're gonna pay them next week. So like yeah, exactly. we'll be here then. So, right? that's that. You could deal. You could deal. Hello, hello. <laughs> I guess we could get into the show. Let's get into the motherfucking show. Yeah, Queen, what kind of that. tea are you drinking this week? So I'm drinking teas by G. Yes. What are you having? I'm drinking the THC tea because I'm okay. like, it's really hard for me to go to sleep after we record because my energy is up. Oh, so I know that okay. by the time that we're done, I can like yes. go to bed because I usually cannot go to bed till like two or three two and a half hours after oh i didn't know that but um so i figured i have you know some weed tea so by the time that we're done and we've you know done the stuff that we Mm -hmm. do at the end that you know i could just go back to sleep so i like that i like that what kind of tea are you drinking i am on my jasmine green bullshit and it's delicious so i'm running low so i need to order more jasmine green mm. tea or or we have a p.o bond yes we do <laughs> yes we do you can send us some chance. you can our p.o box address should be in our show notes i think we'll put it in this week we'll if put we it haven't in put there. it in before yeah. yeah for sure but since i'm here i mean i just tell you guys now so our p.o box for anybody who's listening and this is easier for you to hear, we're at P.O. Box 1617, 229 East 85th Street, New York, New York, 10028. So that's where we're at. Again, that'll be in the show notes. And send us whatever the fuck you like, yeah, yo. Nice things, them. kind things, notes, yeah. gifts, well-wrapped plants, you know, whatever the fuck. We'll take all that shit. Please put your name well-wrapped on it. well-wrapped plants, plants. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Put your name on that shit. If you want to let us know ahead of time that something is coming so that we can make sure we get to the P.O. box and get that shit out, then you could do that. That'd be dope, too. Queen, what are your pronouns? She, her. What are your pronouns? 
My pronouns are she, her, they, them, and separate from my pronouns, I am not a lady or ladies. Please don't refer to me as a lady. And when you address us, please don't call us ladies because that's not really my bag. What are you affirming for yourself today, Jay? I am affirming a life full of abundance, health, wealth, sustainable, rewarding, and financially beneficial self-employment. I affirm that as I cautiously spend more time outside and with my COVID cohorts, I will continue to be healthy and COVID-free. I affirm I am enough. My apartment is paid for. My rent is paid. I am productive. Opportunities are fruitful and bountiful without trauma. I also affirm being able to organize my schedule and my day and get things done free from fear of not doing enough or fear of disappointing anyone. And I affirm liberation and power to all the people. I really like that. Thank you. I was thinking about my anxiety that I was having this week and a lot of it had to do with that. I had a lot to do and some of it was like, okay, well, this just has to get done tomorrow. But I had all this anxiety around like who I was Mm going to disappoint, who I was going to like not be enough for. Then, of course, it's like, oh, you're a bad person and all that like insane stuff. Which is not even true. Which is not even true. But yeah, a lot of that was uh, contributing to my stress. So I want to affirm that I will not be afraid of that shit as I like progress in the shit I'm trying to do. I love that. Mm -hmm. I really like that. Thank you. What do you affirm for yourself this week? So I am affirming that I am a bad bitch. I'm affirming that I am enough and I'm always Mm -hmm. enough. I affirm that I'll be self-employed and financially wealthy without trauma. I also affirm that I am well rested. My hair and fashions are popping. My body and mind are healthy and that I will forever and always stunt on these hoes Mm -hmm. because hoes need to be stunting on. I also affirm that I will say yes only to activities that are healthy for my mind, body, and emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. I affirm that I will courageously protect my happiness because fuck all that other shit. Mm-hmm. And I affirm a continued safe reopening of New York City and also a safe reopening of other cities, of course, and safe, I guess, reclosing or whatever is happening in other cities and states around the world. Mm-hmm. Well, there's not really states around the world, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. But I want it safe. I affirm. But I affirm for everyone all the time. This is not just for me. This is for everybody. I affirm a bundles. 2020 will still be an abundant year for you. Something mm-hmm. something will happen for you. Great. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to affirm that for everyone. I know it's been a fucking year. Woo child. I'm a person who likes to not say a year sucks, but this year yeah. does. But I do mm-hmm. want to say that I affirm abundance, um, bundles, happiness, peace of mind and all of that shit for everyone who listens to tea with queen and jay because you deserve I yes. yeah i i like that and i appreciate that and i think that in light of like chadwick boseman's passing i yeah. was seeing a lot of people just talk about how much this year sucks and i don't disagree like what the fuck it does but, yeah it does but i i do want to highlight that every year People we love pass away. Terrible mm-hmm. things happen. Um, COVID aside, I'm just for a yeah, second, like just putting COVID aside. aside. Yeah, yeah, pandemic aside, we know that we have loved ones who have passed. We know that like we're all suffering personal deaths in ways that we have not before. So just yes. that aside, the things that collectively we have been grieving, Kobe Bryant passing away, Chadwick Boseman passing away, mm-hmm. uprisings, like yeah. what we're dealing with in the street. Um, like... 
We have dealt with these things, but we are usually, those of us who are quarantining right now mm-hmm. are usually distracted by going to our jobs every day, yep. socializing, whatever, you know, there we have social obligations that, you know, we usually tend to by going outside and being social. And there are all these yep. things that usually distract us from the very intense, horrible shit mm-hmm. that happens and that we're all dealing with right now. So I know that 2020 seems like it sucks. But it also feels more intense because Because we've all slowed down and we're in a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So like even for those of us who are essential workers, like outside is not the same. The world is not the same. And so everything does feel more intense than usual. And on top of that, we are dealing with all these fucking COVID deaths or whatever. So like, you know, terrible things happen every year. And to Queen's point, there is still joy to be found in 2020. So I just want to make sure that we don't dismiss it and we don't affirm there's still a lot of year left. And we know a part of why we do affirmations here is because there's power in the things that we say, there's power in our words and there's power in our collective energy. And so like, we just want to make sure that we are countering that feeling of negativity and that feeling of grief and that feeling of darkness. Again, there's nothing wrong with grieving yeah, That's a natural process. Nothing wrong with that. But yeah. just the the negativity that a lot of people are feeling right now and having to navigate all the shit that we are having to navigate, there is still joy to be found this year. And we hope and we believe that niggas will find that shit because we have Word. it. We have it. And then it's still. a reminder to talk nice to yourself. Like there's mad shit yeah. going on and you will forget to talk nice to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's important mm-hmm. that you talk nice to yourself. It's so much yeah. shit not being nice to you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That at the very least, whatever voices in your head should be saying nice things to you, you know? Right. right. So, yeah. Now that we finished being those bitches. <laughs> <laughs> now that we are done being existential hoes, <laughs> we wanted to talk about last week. Yes. We had a really good conversation between the two of us about how we are trying to be better Co-conspirators. Co-conspirators. There was another word that somebody used that was an action word that I liked. Uh, Accomplices? Maybe that was it. But as long Mm -hmm. as it's an action word. So we were talking about how to be better co-conspirators to black trans women, specifically as we navigate relationships with... Cis men. Cis men. Cis Mm -hmm. black men. Because we date the same people. (laughs) Right. <laughs> as far as right, right, like right. Um, there are trans women who date cis men there are us our cis asses who date cis men um, mm-hmm. so like it, it makes sense for us to be co-conspirators because we are dealing with these same men that can be the men who harm them that can be the men who like whatever and we have the privilege to safely in quotations dismantle that stuff mm-hmm. in them and make them feel safe if they are people who Day trans women. Right, right. To help facilitate in that process of dismantling. A lot of it is shame. A lot of that is shame and mm-hmm. um and you know, like all of that stuff built in. What if people find out? If people find out and everyone is like, so <laughs> mm-hmm. there may you know, maybe it won't be a thing and it can help make things be um safer and less detrimental when it comes to trans women. Mm-hmm. So we were on here brainstorming ways in which we could do our part within our romantic relationships Mm -hmm. specifically and so we got some feedback on twitter so we wanted Mm -hmm. to read these tweets so our homie diamond from marsh's plate podcast 
offer some feedback. And Diamond says, thank y'all for doing this labor with cis men. It sounds like y'all are on the right track. I would just be careful when hitting them from the sexual angle because it can reinforce the idea that trans women only have value as sexual utility. Thank you so much, Diamond, yeah, for that. that and we appreciate good. that. And that is a thing that is often discussed when people talk about dating trans women. Mm-hmm. They're often not seen as whole, entire yeah. human people. Human beings, so, yeah. yeah. So, in our discussions of this and of how we counteract transphobia, we want to make sure that we are talking about black trans women, talking about trans women as whole, entire people full and people. not just, yeah. right, full people and not, not just, just saying, like, we're okay if you have sex with trans women. Exactly. But, like, more than that, because there are people right. who are, you can, it's not just sex that you have mm-hmm. with trans folks or whatever. So, that was helpful. And I appreciate you putting that, um, in my head diamond highlighting that the conversation was leaning towards that you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then talking ass shay commented on that tweet and says yes this was a great ass episode but i was definitely thinking the same thing about being cautious when speaking of us in the context of sexual attraction especially Mm -hmm. because it's hard for men to see sexual femmes as fully human and worthy of love Thank you so much, Talking Ashay. We appreciate you. And we appreciate both of you for taking the time to share your thoughts on yeah. that episode and share yeah. your thoughts on two cis-ass bitches trying to figure out, like, what the fuck to do. So thank you so much. Yeah. We are learning as we motherfucking go. For anybody who wants to listen to the original conversation, that was episode 262, Who Do You Love? And we will leave the link to that episode in the show notes and i think on the episode i think i know i fucking did the shit in the episode show notes are timestamps for those conversations so if you want to skip to that you'll see that shit there ever since we decided to name the episode who do you love i'll be like who do you love (laughs) (laughs) yes who do you love let me stop let's let's take a break Money. Do you know what this year is? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like giving black women your money. Yes, give black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, yo. Okay, okay. So So. how do they give black women their money? Well, they can start by giving us their money. Oh yes, yes. We do this dope ass women is race nerd podcast every motherfucking every week. Sometimes twice um, a week. Yeah, yo. (laughs) And we could use your loving motherfucking donations. Um, We definitely can. Absolutely. So how can you do that? You can go to our website. Yo. TeamsQueenandJay.com. Hit that donate tab. Mm -hmm. We have two options there. Two. Two. You become a patron or you can just donate through PayPal. You choose. We Mm -hmm. give you a choice. That's right. On how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice oh my god we're gonna get money again (laughs) all the time yes and we're black all the motherfucking town yes we are 
So on our journey as womanist race nerd ass bitches, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of my friendships have changed. A lot of my relationships with family members have changed. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the way that I interact with potential romantic partners have has changed yeah. or even past past people who show up like i feel like i'm not really the same person same. that i was and and this has of course been a gradual thing that's happened over fucking like the last two decades or whatever but we wanted to talk a little bit about that we did have somebody ask us a question which kind of reminded me of like the dynamics of those relationships changing as you expand in mm-hmm whatever your liberation politics are, like everybody is not going to change and grow with you. And so it's just interesting to look at the dynamics of those relationships and how that shit happens. So I'll get into this letter. Hi, Queen and Jay. Pouring libations for the two of you because you're so damn dope. As always, I love the space y'all create and take up. I'm going to jump right in. So... My husband and I were in a car driving on Saturday. That's that's that was mistake. the first mistake. That was a mistake right there. <laughs> right Jinx. there. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, you're so about your like. Okay. Back to the letter. I don't remember how the conversation started, but somehow I ended up talking about the two of you. In doing so, I almost referred to you as ladies. And I stopped mid-word and said humans. My husband asked why I did that. So, I explained that Jay doesn't like to be called a lady and why it bothers her. So, his response was, so should I say female? And then she has, like, three of those emojis where, like, the head is exploding because, like, (laughs) (laughs) what? Yeah, this is foul in the play. Yeah. Um, All the womanists in her head was like, no! So, back to the letter. Y'all, when I tell you I was floored, I responded telling him the word, quote-unquote, female has been used in a derogatory way towards women for a minute, especially towards black women, because you never hear a man calling another man a, quote-unquote, male. So, now we're in a heated discussion going back and forth. His point is because he doesn't mean it in a derogatory way, he should be able to say it. She has two arrow emojis that are very appropriate because that's what I'm Mm -hmm. doing now. I ended up Mm -hmm. saying it's like a man calling a woman a bitch. He says, well, y'all call each other bitches all the time. And I respond (laughs) because that's how he said it. You know that's how he said it. Mm -hmm, And I responded with black people can call each other niggas, but a white person can never call us that. Just like a man better not ever call me a bitch. We ended up ending the conversation with no solution or understanding because we got to the grocery store and he didn't want to continue the conversation inside because he was embarrassed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All that to say, I'm so surprised at the things that came out of my husband's mouth. He's never referred to me as a female or a bitch or anyone that I know of. I don't even know how to move forward with this conversation. Is my husband a whole misogynoirist? How would y'all handle this situation? Sending you love, Anonymous. Mm. So, is your husband a whole misogynoirist? Yes. They all are. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's not anything particular 
to your husband person, it's just kind of like, yes, yes, they all are. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like the term a racist. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mm-hmm. feel like sometimes I feel like those labels don't really serve anybody. It, dep- it depends on what we're talking about. Yeah. Depends on the kind of person we're talking about. But sometimes you have a person who did something racist or who did or said something misogynoirist and that action needs to be addressed. And it doesn't yeah. mean that you have to dismiss the entire person. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Or that Where? that whole person is garbage, even though men are trash as a collective. Mm-hmm. Again, metaphor for the patriarchy, garbage, trash. That doesn't mean that your husband should now be disposable because he doesn't understand why yeah. it's not okay to fucking call us females or wh- whatever the or fuck bitches. that this weird fucking exchange was about. But the the piece is, one of the things is, and I find that people forget this on social media a lot or just like in spaces, we forget that people that we love, these niggas are still niggas. Just yeah. because we love them, just because they tell doesn't funny jokes that. or they like us and like we're cool, that doesn't change the fact that they are still tools of the fucking patriarchy. Yeah. And are still still enjoy it, benefit from it, and oftentimes forget all the ways in which they are problematic. Like Yeah. Cause a lot of times, even if there's a man still actively trying to dismantle all this patriarchy mm-hmm. shit, the default is for them to be a misogynoirist. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when when they're not fighting against what that is or pushing against or like pushing their thought further. The default is to just sit there and just kind of just be a misogynist. So it's like, that's why I would just say all of them are because the way power is, if you are a man in the patriarchy, you're going to have more power. You're not going to always see all the angles and which ways in which we have privilege or the Mm -hmm. angles in which ways in which you can be oppressive or the angles in which way of which you are taking up space or like, you're not going to see all of that shit. You're not going to have the Vanston's point to see all of that shit a hundred percent. So that's why sometimes the default might be that you fall on someone who is practicing misogyny and misogynoirist. So like we're not labeling him a misogynoirist, but there's someone who will be practicing that or engaging in those things and and those ideas and stuff like that. Right. A lot has been written. A lot has been documented on why it's not okay to call women female. So we don't need to rehash all of that. But Mm -hmm. I do want to say for anybody who is absolutely completely lost, number one, Google it. Number two, quickly, female could be any kind of animal it's like a any biological kind of creature yeah, yeah it's it doesn't designate uh human a human female yep. and that's what we're talking about we're talking about women so most often when when people are using the term female they either mean woman or they mean they want to say something derogatory and they're just saying female because there is something dehumanizing yeah. about referring to women as females it is it is very dismissive and even if you're someone to which you you believe in your heart that's not your intention we're telling you that we don't like that shit a lot yeah. of us don't like that shit there are women who use that term and, and we don't like them now. Good for them? <laughs> right. But we don't like that shit either. And oftentimes, yeah. women who use that, who are still using that term, if you explore, like, their politics, is not, you don't have to dig very deep to find the misogynoir, like, fucking sitting right there. Yeah, and they probably transphobic as fuck, too. Yeah, there's usually a lot of other stuff going on with that yeah. if we're still using that language. So, yes, your husband is a whole misogynoirist. And I think to what I was talking about earlier in terms of like you growing and changing and your relationships growing and changing, I think that as I observe 
married people, like my homegirls who have been married for 10 years, like the man they met, this is just Janicia talking shit now, okay? So everybody relax, yeah, don't take this seriously, calm you. down. I'm just she talking shit, okay? Example. But I feel She's like... She's still your friend. <laughs> she be using real life stuff to explain stuff on the show. And then y'all saying. stop being her friend. I'm just and saying. And stop doing that to my friend because she's my friend too. Okay, I'm just saying. Ahead. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, be- I believe that a lot of times the men that we would have chosen to be with 10 years ago is not the same type of dude we would be with now. And that often has to do with the ways in which we have grown and changed, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So as we grow as black people, as we grow as fucking black women as we grow as non-binary folks as we grow in our identity and in our politics right we grow and change like there are black men today who are not the same niggas they was as black men 10 years ago Mm -hmm. or whatever because certain shit they're not tolerating at work anymore that goes for black women and our experiences as well And then sometimes um, the man doesn't change in those 10 years. And it's like, nigga, that was something that made sense in the 90s. It is 2020. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. When I, sorry, when I mentioned black men, I was what I was trying to... I was trying to talk about... And maybe that was just a stupid, bad example. What I was trying to talk about was blackness how our ideas surrounding blackness have Mm -hmm. changed or whatever like how politics for black people as a whole our ideas on like what we will tolerate at work what we understand to be a microaggression the tools that we have to address the type of shit that we Mm -hmm. address head on at work now niggas wasn't necessarily doing that that wasn't as popular 10 years ago yeah range grows and shit like that so all of that shit all of that shit right Mm -hmm. that applies to our liberation as women as and other marginalized groups as well mm-hmm. and so the type of person that we were people that we were 10 years ago and the partners that we would have chosen 10 years ago is just different than what we would choose now yeah yep. and our yep. partners unfortunately in certain areas like our politics and like other areas where we may be growing personally they don't grow with us unless we fucking engage Include them, them. Yeah, and include them like in that process and that growth. Mm-hmm. So 10 years ago or whenever you married your husband, you might not have noticed that he did call women females and maybe he just wasn't really saying it to you or maybe he said it to you before you even knew that it was something that bothered you. You know what I just noticed? Related but uh, unrelated? Because mm-hmm. I said the 90s. The 90s was 30 years ago, not 10 years ago. I need to relax. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> mm, calm down. But yeah, like, and then like when you when you're in a relationship, there's certain things that you naturally forget to do. So not even just romantic relationships, but even friendships and stuff. Like, yes, there should be a cycle of like relearning each other, reintroducing mm. yourselves to each other, mm-hmm. because we're never the same people like mm-hmm. ever. You know, like we change, we grow, we whatever. So it's. Maybe you should start inserting like certain conversations into your relationship that allows you to see where each other's growing. Cause I mm-hmm. think that too, with also with relationships, like this is how people tend to start to grow apart or like whatever. Yeah. Cause you're, you're not engaging in each other's growth. You're growing mm-hmm. on your own. They're growing on your own. And you assume that y'all are growing together because we're a couple, but it's like, are y'all doing that as a couple? Are y'all having right. these conversations as a couple? Are y'all, assessing each other's growth and seeing if you match up or if you don't match up, if you don't want to match up or if you do, you know, like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important 
for people in relationships to continue to get to know each other. Because mm-hmm. I think that might be... Not to say you don't know your husband. Of course you know him. But like you, you were floored when he said female, you know? So I think that's just like a relationship thing where you got to just make sure that you're always like learning about each other, getting to know each other. Because the person that you was with five years ago is, 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 is a little different now. Yeah, I agree with that. And then something that those who benefit from the patriarchy do mm-hmm. when being challenged... Sometimes they shit. They say shit that they don't. They don't even believe just for yeah. the sake of like of winning an yeah. argument. Yeah, not yeah. or not liking to feel uncomfortable with being perceived as wrong or being perceived as stagnant yeah. or like behind in their thinking. They will just fucking try and defend it with like some bullshit logic. And then because of patriarchy, men don't be believing us. Like they don't believe us. They don't think yep. we know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I know that's not. I don't know your husband, but I'm sure that wasn't his intent. But it was like, she don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, females. And, you know, like, whatever. And that's probably why eventually when you kept letting him know why I was a problem and he saw you knew what you was talking about, he was like, I don't want to talk about this in the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> she be knowing things. <laughs> but, yeah, a lot of times they don't believe... Um, it's weird. A lot of times they don't believe that we know things about women, even though we are women. As so many right. times that I've been in conversation with men where mm. I remember a homeboy to make the story quick, but he wants to design sex toys for women. And I'm like, no, whatever design he wanted to do. I was like, no, I don't think a lot of women want that. Oh, how would you know? And I'm like, I am a woman. I'm not, I know I'm not speaking for every woman, but you like right. dismissed me. Like, how would I know? like the one reason I would know more so than you it's because mm-hmm. you're making a sex toy that's for a um, he said woman. He wasn't thinking about trans men. I know he was thinking mm-hmm. of women with vaginas. Um, right. Or non-binary. He wasn't thinking of other folks with vaginas. Yeah. He was only thinking mm-hmm. of women with vaginas. Um, so that's why I'm going to use the context of that there. But we're aware that there are lots of folks with vaginas. And he was like ready to argue me down like I'm not a woman with a mm-hmm. vagina. Just because like they just don't. It's just this yeah. weird thing that their brains it's it is men don't believe women the way that white people don't believe black people yes that's just like that's just what it is so like in the hospital when black folks talk about their pain and we're not Mm -hmm. believed in fucking life when we talked about racism and nobody fucking believed us until they had to watch fucking hundreds of black people be murdered at the hands of fucking police to finally be in fucking quarantine and be yes. like, oh, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, they were serious. Oh, there's a problem. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is actually. Yeah. 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 Men often engage with women in that same way and yep. just don't believe us. Like, again, for, from the, for the same things. They don't believe the pain we experience. Yes. They don't believe the discrimination we experience. The stories that we tell, they often think that we're exaggerating. That's one of the things that privileged populations do when they're listening to those who are marginalized it's just not to believe them because privileged folks center themselves so whatever your point of privilege is it's like instinctual to center yourself unless you are actively working against that position word you just made me think of this person who didn't believe me (laughs) (laughs) the trauma annoying yeah, it is annoying. Very annoying. But yeah, I, we don't think you're dating a whole ass misogynist. Like he's not. Yes, we do. But we don't think he's like going around fucking B 
being like this huge horrible being I'm, right. he's he's he is he a person of like power. standard grade standard issue like yeah he's not he's not the head of the he-man woman tater club or some shit no like he's that. not he's not like like having drinks with charlemagne or like you <laughs> know Indian. hanging out with uh whatever that other little nigga's name is he might be listening though <laughs> what he might be listening to charlemagne though yeah, good luck with all that <laughs> husbandness. Mm-hmm. Um, we got an update from this letter, though. Yeah, okay. And this person says, Hey there, I talked with my husband again, and he actually listened to what I said about calling women females. He seemed both enlightened and embarrassed. We'll see what the future holds. Well, that's a positive thing. Yeah, that is positive. That's a positive <laughs> thing, and I think that... As we date fucking men. I wish um, I could date them less. Cis men. I wish I could date them less too. I think, right. um, yeah, as we date cis men, I think that the capacity to fucking listen, the capacity to fucking come back and be like, okay, I see what you're saying now. I didn't want you to embarrass me in the grocery store, but. Not in front of the cantaloupe. <laughs> i hear you my bad i think that that's a good that's a good quality to have not yeah, that he is. deserves any cookies fuck this nigga it's not my husband i don't know him fuck he him okay a he deserves no. nothing Mm-mm. but rocks <laughs> i think that this is a good quality so yes maybe yeah. you picked a good person and all the best to you yo thank you for trusting us with this letter So I was on Twitter because everyone knows I'm a Twitter addict and this is a while ago, but still something important to talk about. So I was on Twitter and someone tweeted something that just made no sense to me about black Americans. And you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not for that shit. You ain't gonna just, mm-hmm. Not on my watch. So I had to say something, but first I'm going to just read what the person said on the tweet. So I'm going to keep them anonymous because they're black and we got to be nice to black people sometimes. So, when I hear African-Americans say they'd rather be called Black American over African-American, I really don't get it. It just proves white supremacy, one, in stripping you of your connection to the motherland. And before American flags storm my mentions, my mom is AA, which is African-American. First of all, those still sound like fighting words. Those are fighting words, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, I don't know, maybe because I'm not that kind of black American, but I don't put no flags of no um, United States of America in yeah, my shit. I don't know what fuck the fuck that was I don't was know about. black Americans like that. I don't really trust, honest, real talk, I don't really trust black folks that have the American yeah, flag emoji flag. In, their, in their bio. I know there are a few ADOS folks who are not HOTEP who do that. And I try to not judge it, but I grew up associating the flag, the American flag, with white supremacy. Same. And so it's yeah. very hard for me, even though I know that many of us have reclaimed the flag or made efforts to reclaim the flag. And that's cool, like, with yourself on a personal level. But it's, I still, I can't help but have a visceral reaction to seeing that shit in your bio i cannot help but judge you if i Same. see you on with the fucking flags on on fourth of july it's weird i know our puerto rican friends as a as a new yorker who has grown up with mad puerto ricans i don't know why they love the flag the way they do 
do i find it personally offensive to myself yes i fucking do and yeah, we do. They that. yeah it's it's really uh, it just it just it just says something to me that maybe it's not supposed to say but i associate the i have always I associated like the american up. flag with white supremacy and you're yeah up. how are you a patriot like you can't it's there's weird. no way that you're into like the liberation of folks and then kind of raise that flag in that Dawn way. Dawning the just, flag is fucking it's a con- weird. such a huge contradiction to me. So It's very weird. Yeah, I don't it's get it. So weird. someone retweeted that person's tweet. I don't follow them, but someone retweeted mm-hmm. that into my timeline. So I retweeted it because I was annoyed by it, like I said already. And I was like, y'all really need to mind your non-black American business or whatever. So I tweet that and then that had one of our listeners reach out to us to explain, I guess, why I prefer Black American versus African American and whatever like that. All right. So I will read this person's inquiry and they say, hello, Queen. I just saw your reply about being called Black American versus African American. As an African Canadian scientist who wants to learn, often watches you and loves you too on the grapevine and just started your podcast with Jay, I was wondering if you could point me to resources where I can learn more about this. I thought I was familiar with the separation of Black and African American as different experiences, but alas, I realize I'm woefully uneducated about this and would like to use the appropriate terminology when addressing my Black American peers nevertheless i also understand that it is not your job to teach me and i recognize that educating others about this all the time is burdensome and hard so i apologize if i am overstepping in any case i'm so inspired by you and will take this as a learning experience to educate myself so thank you for being a part of my growth best miriam thank you miriam for trusting us with this letter we appreciate you and understanding labor is involved i appreciate that too yeah, I think that there are a lot of folks who write about this and talk about this. I think we're going to talk about how we feel about it personally. Yes. So we're not going to be providing a lot of resources from other theorists, but we we will talk about our perspective on this today. So Queen, what do you what do you think and how do you feel about this language and whatnot? So for me, I I'll just go back to the moment when this exchange and tweets happened. Mm-hmm. What annoyed me most was that when it comes to black Americans, everyone is always making like rules for mm-hmm. like when it comes to the diaspora, there's always like some kind of rules of how it's supposed to be, how it's supposed to exist, how it's supposed to relate to the continent, how, how like people who are not black American telling us how we're supposed to be black mm-hmm. in America, mm-hmm. which annoys me and makes me know that you don't think anything that I'm doing here is worth anything because why would you feel you should come in and tell me what to do and how I should be and what to call myself and what Mm -hmm. is the appropriate thing to call myself you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. that was like my initial thought that's why I was like shut your your non-black American ass up but then we don't ask other people of the diaspora who are in the Americas so that's the Caribbean to be specific, yep. um, or even people in Latinx countries who are black. We don't ask them to put a precursor saying that they are folks who are also from like from the continent, descendants of people right. from the continent. We don't ask Jamaicans to call themselves African Jamaicans. Mm-hmm. We don't ask Dominicans to do that. We don't mm-hmm. ask people to do that, but for some reason when it comes to what we've decided we're going to call ourselves, which mm-hmm. I feel they've decided they're going to call themselves Jamaicans, or they're just, you know, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. That 
honestly just leave us alone. We want to call mm-hmm. ourselves whatever we want to call ourselves. And that does not do with what that guy said in that tweet where he says that just makes white supremacies win because that says that we're, I guess, not connected to the continent. The continent. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. That's not mm-hmm. true at all. So I understand when black people in this country started to insert the African-American in the conversation because we wanted mm-hmm. to get connection. We wanted to mm-hmm. show white people in this country that one that i think that's one of the few times where we decided what we were going to be called in this country because they yeah. decided they was going to call us negro nigger colored like all the other precursors mm-hmm. to what you refer to a black person as was something mm-hmm. that white call people... us black and black at the time be fucking synonymous with nigger exactly so this is when the word African-American or Afro-American started mm-hmm. to come into play to describe us. That was the first time that we was like, nah, this is what you call us. So I understand mm-hmm. its inception. I understand why that happened. But I think we've grown since then. Um, when right. it comes to black people in this country, the black people who are in this country are not just African descendants of enslaved people. We mm-hmm. we have a lot of the diaspora in the United States. And I think it's it's to me, inclusive to say black because that includes all right. of us. It doesn't exclude Caribbean folks. It doesn't exclude mm-hmm. people from the continent. It doesn't do that. And we're still able to be co- a collective and together when we say black American in that mm-hmm. way versus saying an African American because that is something very different mm-hmm. than what people, th- well, at least what I think of when I think of a black yeah. American. Some people, they say African American and they're talking about all of us, but I think right. that erases other black people who are in this country. Mm-hmm as well like in the same right. stroke you know yeah um, so those are kind of like my things with it i know in the past i didn't like calling myself african-american because i was not claiming this country so it wasn't even about the right. african word it was about american like, i'm not american fuck this shit i'm just black mm-hmm. i remember us having a conversation years ago in our friendship yeah. jay where i was like i'm black i'm not i'm not doing that i'm not calling uh-huh. myself african-american they don't want me here. You know, like, whatever. Um, yeah, but it, I, felt, it felt really... It felt to me like... It felt it felt too unifying with other Americans to me. And Americans yes. in this country are considered white. And it felt like I was saying, I'm a, I'm a derivative of an American. It felt like I was saying, I'm an American like you white people, but I'm an African one. And at the time... When I stopped wanting to be called African American for a number of reasons, right? Mm-hmm. But not not one again. African American for me, like I'll take it. It's I don't yeah, it's like not sweater. It's totally fine. It's not yeah. It's not, not something that I ever me. will say. Don't call yeah. me that or whatever. But the mm-hmm. way that I refer to myself, I don't. Sometimes I use it, but when I stopped using that, it did feel like I wanted to distance myself from white people yes. their perception of me their like that's something if you want to call me that white person because you don't know how to talk about me as a human then yeah. you do the labor of calling me african-american like mm-hmm. sure because you don't know how to fucking act so whatever exactly. but in terms of the way that i identify or associate it's just like i don't know it's just weird you were talking sorry i think i finished my thought when you started talking okay yeah so i feel a few different ways about it. Mm-hmm. I feel like white people refer to all black people in this country as African Americans mm-hmm. when that term most usually is meant to mean African descendants of slaves, um, excuse me, American descendants of slaves, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Here in the US, yes. like our lineage being directly from that. Yes. And it is 
the language of African-American is exclusive of other folks within and throughout the diaspora who are American or who who have been American. Like Mm -hmm. black America is full of black folks from around the globe. Right. And and I'm not talking Mm -hmm. about like people who just immigrated here like yesterday. Like we go back generations of Caribbean people who grew up in the U.S., but their descendants are of Caribbean descent. Like that's, that's, Mm -hmm. you can do that here in the U S and I just, it just always felt like it was dismissive. The term African-American felt dismissive of that experience. And part of that dismissiveness, honestly felt intentional to me. It's all kind of, we've talked about this. Yeah. We've talked about this on the podcast before. There are all kind of popular figures of, a uh, black American or quote unquote African American history, right? Mm-hmm. Whose diasporic lineage we yeah. are unfamiliar with, with because it is to the benefit of white supremacy yes. if there is no acknowledgement of the fact that regardless of our ethnic differences as black people within the US. We have a shared fucking experience yes. as black people and you can be a whole Afro Puerto Rican and be the founder of the fucking Schomburg library yes, and an important in figure in Harlem and an yes. important figure in our history that you yes. can be a whole ass Jamaican ass Marcus Garvey ass nigger and yeah. lead black Americans in a liberation movement yeah, because even, um, we are one people. Yeah. Malcolm X mom from Grenada, you know, like, right. yes. All <laughs> it's, it's, it is common practice. It is not new. Yeah. These Caribbean flags in your bio. You are not a new nigga. No. Our history within America, within the U S has always been intertwined with the diaspora. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So yeah. that for me has always felt like an erasure of so many of those nuances and mm-hmm. differences that we have had. The other thing of it, if you, if you, I feel like as a black American person of American descendant of slave ancestry and Caribbean ancestry, mm-hmm. right? As a whole ass black person i feel like to say that i am african-american right as as just the label that i frequently use which it is not i feel Mm -hmm. like it dismisses the fact that black that niggas who are descendants of slaves here that we are Mm -hmm. on our own shit you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. i feel like it dismisses the fact that we our ancestors were brought here as slaves. Yes. We were separated from our fucking family. We were separated from the families we came on the fucking boats with. We were split up. We were divided up. We we fucking were forced to reproduce with people who were not necessarily our loved ones or families. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We created loved ones and families. We had them torn away from us. It dismisses the fact that at every turn... Us here in America retained what we could retain from the continent. And when we could not retain that shit, we made our own own shit. shit. And so I feel like there's an aspect, there's an element to me saying that I'm African-American that dismisses the fact that 
I came here and I created my own oh, shit. shit. And that yep. is my own shit. And my own shit was so powerful that niggas that had their own shit do love, my own shit. Do my shit. And, and love that my shit, shit is black. And yeah. that is black shit. Exactly. And I feel like there is a... That I feel like black is fucking capital. We've been yes. saying that for years. Yes. And niggas are finally like doing it kind of now, whatever. It's capital. It's cultural. When yep. you list a bunch of different ethnicities, there is nothing more disrespectful than seeing motherfucking Latinx capitalized, Italian capitalized, and saying fucking lowercase black. Like my shit is not a whole ass culture. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like there is a culture within the term black that I don't always feel the essence of within the term African-American. I also feel, yeah, yeah, I also feel within the term black that when I'm saying black American, while I do very specifically mean the culture that we created, our own shit that we created, I feel like it is also an inclusive term that includes other displaced stolen black people throughout the diaspora right so that when i'm off with when me when i say i'm black american i'm talking about displaced motherfuckers in the u.s and more more personally to my personal experience those of my ancestral lineage who are from the caribbean Caribbean. yeah i mean those niggas too but there's like there's nuance there. So when yeah. I say black American, I'm talking about something specific, but it yeah. is also clear that there is a unity there amongst black folks in Latin America yeah, with black like, folks yeah. in the Caribbean. Like we we cuz we are black. All of us are black. Yeah, and, and it's and, a it's a culture there that I'm speaking to when I say black. Yeah, and just lumping it up as african-american although like we said we understand why we started calling ourselves that here mm-hmm. it, ta- it removes some of that nuance and right. i think that when people started saying african-american is when we was trying to as- assert our identity right yeah. like we right were now, trying to make important. sure that we asserted to the world out our identity we've mm-hmm. grown out of that phase and I, it's black you know for me black american right. if you call mm-hmm. me african-american i'm not gonna fight you like it's not like you haven't called me a bitch right. <laughs> you know you haven't mm-hmm. called me a nigga so it's not like a harmful thing but for me you know i'm a black american i think it encompasses who i am because just yeah. like you jay i do have a lineage of caribbean ancestry as well and if mm-hmm. i'm just calling myself an african-american i'm like being dismissive of that yeah. i'm not like acknowledging Mm-hmm. That piece I of honestly myself think, yeah, and then just to person? talk about to talk about the fact that we are New Yorkers, we are also like black people from the Bronx. I think that as New Yorkers, if you are our age or younger, I think it's very rare to be a New Yorker and not be of mixed black diasporic ancestry. Yeah, it's exactly, very yeah. rare. It yeah, it's rare. very rare that I meet somebody who's lineage at our age right like we know a lot of our parents um, migrated to New York from the south or whatever Mm -hmm. and that was common to be whole communities here from North Carolina South Carolina whatever but I feel like like niggas our age now are usually who are native New Yorkers are usually descendants of the mixing of Of, those communities here in New York so for me to say African American like I wasn't the only person who was black american and, and had caribbean ancestry caribbean. like it was yeah. that was common like everybody got a fucking jamaican grandmother or like somebody's cuban or whatever like that is a very, yeah, that's like common, a thing. very common thing and yeah. yeah and our black americanness our 
down south ancestry is just as fucking important you yes, know what i'm saying so is. that's that was also something that like didn't feel so personal to me it's like we are all black and we're sharing well, this, this is, black yeah, ass because that's how it lived in our homes where it right. was like you know all of these things so mm-hmm. like to say just like this african-american experience is like or african-american lineage lineage right. and that's it is mm-hmm. is not the truth and I agree, like, I don't know, thinking of all my friends, I don't really know any of us who are not, who have a Caribbean lineage and also a, like, African, you know, to, for lack right. of a better word, African-American lineage, like. Yeah, and then rare, even people right. that you've been known for years, like, you talked mm-hmm. to them for years and you thought that they was african-american the whole time and then now you've fucking known somebody for 20 years and they'd be like oh yeah my great-grandmother was from so-and-so yeah yeah i know people get that with me because i like the way i was my grandfather's from antigua Mm -hmm. and we not we don't we don't present as like caribbean folks because that's not culturally what was like front and center in my house Mm because i guess because my grandmother was a black american person but yeah, that's something that you have to hear me say. I don't be, right. you know, I don't be waving flags. I don't, I don't do those things. Mm-hmm. But my mm-hmm. ancestry is definitely of many different black. It's diasporatical, right? Like I just want to reiterate, it's not harmful to call a black person in the United States an African American. You're not harming mm-hmm. us, but it is important that you speak to people the way they want to be spoken to. So mm-hmm. if they want to be called black Americans, call mm-hmm. them that. You know. Yeah, and I think that it's it's. Uh, I think we made that clear, but I think it's a mistake to assume that because we are choosing not to say African, that we are dismissing our Africanness. Mm-hmm. Like to me, at the heart of that blackness is, is fucking Africanness. Like the thing that unifies us is Africanness. Our yeah. our features are Africanness. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? The other piece of this that I feel like continental Africans who challenge our identity in this way Mm -hmm. don't particularly understand is that there's this that there's an assumption that we as displaced Africans have a desire to mimic Africanness Mm -hmm. feel a sense of confusion Mm -hmm. about our identity at this stage and are looking to recreate or do things like a continental African. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which... And I think that there are people who there are people who have identity issues, right? Yeah, there are. Definitely um, they are. exist. They exist. And but, sorry, go ahead. Uh-huh. But I feel like I feel like oftentimes when people are looking at us, when with those groups, I feel like those continental Africans who challenge black American identity in that way are seeing us do things our way as displaced people and mm-hmm. saying, you're doing it wrong because you're trying to do it the way Africans do it. And that's not even how we do it. Yeah. And what I'm saying is that that's cute how you do it. That's great. We're but doing it like this. Have, we're this not. How, yeah. We're, we're not, doing it like this. Of course, it's thing. not how you do it. Yeah, we're not we're from doing here. Our own thing. Yeah, we're doing we're what we do here. Yeah. Exactly. I want to add that when you when you when you mentioned um, that we're lost and we have identity issues or whatever, mm-hmm. not to say that you were saying that, but that's right. the perception that um, some continental Africans give. We 
have very similar experiences with white supremacy, regardless of if we were taking from the continent and moved here or and you were mm-hmm. a person who remained in the continent. Right. We still had our families ripped apart. <laughs> we mm-hmm. still fucking were forced to do cultural practices that were not our own, both on the mm-hmm. continent and in the States and in the Caribbean and, you know, whatever. Like, we have very similar experiences. They were happening on different parts of this planet, but yep. we do have very similar experiences. They're not the same. The mm-hmm. word similar doesn't mean same because, you know, people be acting weird. But mm-hmm. they're the same displacement that we've experienced, the same ripping of culture that we've experienced that has happened mm-hmm. in the continent. I don't like when people try to make it seem as if we were taken from the continent and they were in the continent just chilling and continuing their lives and, right. and being completely engulfed yep. in the things that they created as well because that is not the mm-hmm. truth. Y'all mm-hmm. are also doing abbreviated versions of your things because so much was taken from you guys as well. It's not mm-hmm. just it's not an experience that just the people who are in the Americas, the black people in the Americas have had. You mm-hmm. have had you had that also. The same mm-hmm. the same fucking residue that we're experiencing as black people over here, when it comes to us regaining identity, asserting ourselves and all of that stuff is the same r- residue that happened in the continent and that those are things that you are also trying to work on and build within yourselves. So mm-hmm. yes, we were on different parts of the planet while we were interacting with white supremacy in these really harsh, detrimental ways, you know? But I, I don't, I really don't like it when continental Africans perceive as if, or, or present this story as if we were taken over here, mm-hmm. brutalized, all of the shit was happening to us as if that stuff was not happening at the same time on the continent. That's, you know, mm-hmm. like if you go further and you t- see the colonization of the continent, mm-hmm. that shit was still happening. No, you were not right. taking from your countries, but that mm-hmm. shit happened right where y'all was at. The same mm-hmm. displacement, the same, the ways our families was ripped apart, the same way our culture was stripped from, the same way that we was demeaned and taught to think that we were nothing is the same thing that happened to folks in the continent as well. Mm-hmm. So like, yes, we're on different parts of the planet, but the white supremacy was fucking with all of us at the same damn time. Right. It didn't happen. Right. What happened to us did not happen independent to what you are, what people in the continent are still trying to rebuild from and what we are in America, they're trying to rebuild from. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I hate, I hate when the conversation is is presented as if, you know, we were stolen yeah. and sold, and all this shit was happening in the continent. They was like still doing the show, still went on, and they were still doing the same mm-hmm. things. Because that's not the truth. That's not the history. And I wish that we all talked about that more because us thinking that our survival of that are is, is like because of different stories is what right. keeps us disconnected. Mm-hmm. You know? So I just wanted to add that in there. Like we have, we all black people with in this world have similar experiences, not the same, but white supremacy has done the, the residuals, the, the results have been the same for all of us. Mm-hmm. No one had a better interaction with white supremacy. You know, so just wanted to say that because they be wilding with that. Wilding. <laughs> that was perfect. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Thank you for asking that question. Yeah. And allowing us to get in our bag about that. I feel like we have to get in our bag about that like once a year. Like, yo. Yeah, we do. Like, look, just look. Like, to remind you people. Like, okay. I'm black. I'm black. I'm black. black. 
And I'm blacker than black, and I'm black. I know you're I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, it's y'all. Okay. That's why we're friends, because I'm doing it in my head. So, that's that on that. That is that on motherfucking that. I think we did a motherfucking show. We did. We want to remind you all, we are doing a Patreon episode this week. We will be talking about Brianna Khan. We will be talking about Chadwick Boseman, R.I.P., Rest in Power. Mm-hmm. We will be talking about what the fuck was Adele doing this week? Adele? Why are you- yeah. Right. What's going on? So we're going to be talking about all that shit on our <laughs> Patreon episode this week available to all patrons. So be sure to check that out. You can donate as little Go as, as a, dollar a dollar a month. And um, that shit that. will be available to you. We have one patreon only available episode now so you can check that out and see what's good if you haven't listened to it already be sure to follow us on the social means we are on instagram and twitter at t with qj we are also on facebook and tumblr t with queen and j to search that and you can follow us send us t-mail t with queen and j at gmail.com visit our website t with queen and j.com and there's where you can donate go to our donation page and do all of that good shit what hashtag are we fucking with this week hat like the hashtag we have to do like you just we have to can't not do this Gotta um do hashtag it. we're doing we're fucking with this week is black panther so lit black panther so motherfucking fucking lit. lit chadwick boseman forever wakanda forever yep. like the universe is interesting it really is I heard my mother in my head. A lies God. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. I yeah. feel you. Rest in power. Rest in power. Rest in power, King. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. All right. This episode was created, hosted, and produced by a black girl named Janicia and a black girl named Naima. Tea with Queen and Jay. We turn up responsibly. And Thank you to the fans. You made this movie special. You made this moment special uh, when Black Panther came out. I, Ryan Coogler and I wanted to make sure that we did a movie that everybody could embrace. So thank you so much for what you did. <laughs> Receiving an award for playing a superhero is amazing, but it's even greater to acknowledge the heroes that we have in real life. So, I just want to acknowledge somebody that's here today, James Shaw Jr. Where are you stand? <laughs> you didn't even know we were about to do this, did you? Uh-uh. If you don't know James Shaw Jr., he fought off a gunman in Antioch, Tennessee at a Waffle House to save lives. Come on up here. Thank you, brother. So this is going to live at your house. Thank you, brother. It's going to live at your house. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.